0: This episode of the AT Tips cast is sponsored by Texthelp, provider of the award-winning literacy solution Read&Write Gold. Is your child or student struggling with reading and writing? Read&Write Gold from Texthelp can help. Read&Write Gold's text-to-speech software is for individuals with reading or writing difficulties, those with learning disabilities such as dyslexia, and English language learners. Its customizable toolbar integrates with common applications and provides support tools for reading, writing, studying, and research. The Texthelp web apps allow users to access their favorite read-and-write features in the cloud, anywhere, anytime. And have you heard about the new iReadWrite app for the iPad? Texthelp's newest app makes reading easier and ensures accurate writing as you use your iPad for school, work, or leisure. To learn how the Read&Write family of products can help your struggling student, visit Texthelp.com or call one 888 248-0652. That's 1-888-248-0652. Order your copy today. Welcome to the AT Tips Cast, exploring and investigating the implementation of assistive technology in public schools. I'm your host, Chris Bougay. This is episode number 118, recorded on June 5th, 2013. One has to work pretty hard to avoid social media these days. Students are growing up in the world where it's not only possible to share different aspects of your life online, but it's almost expected. Sharing what you're doing, who you're with, and your thoughts on these experiences has become part of our culture. By sharing aspects of your life via social media sites, people make connections with others, and in turn, others learn about what makes you, you. For this reason, it's important for students who are growing up in this new way of life to begin to start asking questions about when they should post and what they should post. Should I share this video? Should I post this picture? Should I really hit send? Educators can help prepare students to thoughtfully consider these questions in a closed, safe, and facilitated environment, allowing them to have the experiences they need to make healthy, smart choices for later in life. One tool that helps provide a platform by which educators and students can make this all happen is Edmodo.com. Although I've experimented with Edmodo in the past, having even created an AT-Tippers group in Edmodo, used it during last year's VISTI conference, and even helped some colleagues set it up as a follow-up course to a face-to-face professional development experience, I'm not a classroom teacher using it day in and day out with students. And that's why I invited 5th grade teacher Michael Milliman onto the at Tips Cast to tell us a little bit about how he's using AT-Tip number 359, Edmodo.com. I'd like to welcome to the AT Tips cast Mike Milliman, who is a fifth-grade teacher up in uh, western New York. Is that right, Mike? That's correct. I teach in Amherst, New York, which is just outside of Buffalo. Ah, oh, okay. And if I have this my information correct, you were a 2012 teacher of merit. What, what exactly is that?
1: Well, a local uh, business paper called Business First uh, runs that every year, and um, they accept submissions from students. Who have won an academic award to select a teacher that they feel sort of steered them on their way, and one of my former students selected me.
0: Oh, that's it! Congratulations.
1: Well, thank you. It was very exciting because, you know, when you when you teach fifth grade, as I teach elementary school, you don't know how long your influence lasts and if it carries on. So it's always nice to hear I an mean, influence a senior who chose me. So it was very nice.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, So today we're here to talk about Edmodo. What is Edmodo? Let's start there. What is Edmodo? Edmodo, I think it's what it would
1: be easiest to describe as, is a classroom Facebook. It's a social media website where you create your own circle. Uh, so it's kind of also like Google+, I suppose. Uh, but again, it's limited to the students that you have in your classroom or in your grouping that you create. And so there isn't any of the serious situations that I'm sure anyone would think of with using Facebook or Google+, Plus, where you have strangers coming in from outside seeking to join. Um, you are in total control of that, but it does act like social media in that students can post ideas, they can respond to each other, they can post video, they can post pictures, they can post all kinds of things, uh, just as you would do on a social media website like Facebook.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome. All right, so um, how do you use it? How do you use it in your classroom? Well, I got started with it uh, this fall, and
1: um, the key thing I wanted to do with it was really just to get, give the kids a way of interacting with me, and that was where we started, was giving them a way that they were excited about to get online outside of school and to receive to Be able to contact me. They have questions about homework. I could put things on there. I put on little, um, little things like could they, you know, I would post a video and say, how does this, you know, a video that might be a part, a clip of a movie and how does this relate to uh, something that we're doing and get them thinking about that kind of outside of school. We then built it up to where they were working with each other in their book clubs. So what I did was I took Book clubs, which we do typically in fifth grade where there were a group of students who are all reading the same novel and they usually meet for classroom meetings. What this allowed them to do was to extend those meetings outside of the school day and they were able to post messages to each other. And again, a supervised book club that I could observe what they were talking about offline as well as in school, online as well as in school.
0: Uh, okay, so look, if I understand it correctly, they're all reading a book. then maybe they get to the end of the chapter. They have a little discussion, but they're out of time. The bell rings. They have to go to PE. They have to go to art or whatever. Um, and they want to continue that discussion. They can continue that online.
1: They can, and they can, so they can get online and they can post their their question or their idea. And it's it's great for those questions that they really want to get answered at that moment, which might be a vocabulary question. It might be, you know, what are they talking about? You know, where, you know, where are they right now in chapter three? Like you're kind of lost as a reader and you're not really sure what's going on. Um, You have an outlet for that. And then there's a peer who's ready to come in and say, oh yeah, I was a little confused there too. That was because, you know, they were reading this part, you know, how things can happen in a book where if you didn't quite catch it, you might not totally understand what happened, why the setting shifted or why, the verb tense shifted or why certain words are being used the way they're being used. And um, you might have somebody else in the group who kind of figured that out, and they can kind of steer that back, which is a great thing about book clubs. But usually they have to wait till the next meeting, which might be days later. With a show, they were able to get right into that discussion right away and get some of that fixed up.
0: Yeah, I could imagine, like myself, if I had a question, I mean, let's just take my wife. You know, if her and I were reading the same book, I might have a thought about, I want to ask her about something, but if I don't uh, text it to myself or write it down, I might forget. Mm-hmm. So, in this way, the student can kind of get it out of their consciousness right when they're having that thought.
1: Yes, and the, that's the sort of, that's the easy academic answer. Now, the other thing is, is that this provides another level of motivation because when um, When we started doing this, the kids were super, super motivated to get onto Edmodo, to be on there, to be seeing. Oh, just like anybody, I suppose, when you join a social media site, like, or if you start up a blog and you and you've got some people talking with you on that, and I'm sure you've experienced this with with this uh, this podcast, that you start checking. Oh, is somebody who's who's listened, who's commented, who's who's on right now. And that's what they were doing. Well, now it gave them something purposeful to do with that. So just popping on and going, hi, who's on there? Which is kind of what we started out with. Building it up to something purposeful, which is, hey, what's going on? You know, what were you thinking about Chapter 2? What do you think is happening in Chapter 3? It gave a much more purposeful and definitely more academic focus to the discussions going on.
0: Cool. Now, what made you want to use Edmodo in the first place? How did you hear about it? What, what was your inspiration for it?
1: Uh, My inspiration was from a colleague. Um, John Herzog is a teacher in our building who's looking online, looking for things, new things. And he had sort of brought this into his classroom already. And um, with some new technology opportunities for me, I was looking to build that in. um, And it really helped. He sort of offered it and he showed me around on it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, okay, this does look like something I want to try with the kids. And really then it was just an opportunity to see Hey, where is this going to take me? Um, and there's lots of materials on there. There are um, there are lots of other teachers using it that you can connect with. Because while the students are contained, so to speak, in your classroom, you are free to 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 connect, to uh, interact, to make that web of connections with other teachers who are teaching similar topics, similar grade levels, and are doing lots of interesting things with it. And there are also professional development opportunities that Edmodo puts up themselves where they're putting out, hey, this is a way of using Edmodo, hey, have you tried this? So there's lots of things that come with that. There's a lot of that sort of interactive aspect for the teacher as well.
0: All right, yeah, awesome. I know I have explored Edmodo in the past, and in fact, even set up a an AT Tippers group back in the day when uh, I was experimenting that with that in uh, on Facebook and um, and on Twitter, and then. Um, and then I looked at Edmodo, and it, does Edmodo have that thing where you get uh, like a special code, and that's how you get into a group? Is that correct? Right?
1: Correct. So, when, so as a teacher, if you were going to do Edmodo, what you do is, of course, you create an account there, and it's totally free. There's there's no cost. Though so there are ways you can spend money there, but you can do the basics without spending any money at all. And what you do is, you yeah, you can create a group. So if you were teaching something where you had multiple sections, you could create You could create one giant group of all of your you know, sixth grade, uh, earth science classes, or you could create individual groups. You could create your sixth period, your seventh period, and your eighth period, or whatever you want to do. Each of those groups gets a code, and only the people who use that code can get into that group. And you can manage that group, so if, obviously, if Jimmy decides to tell his friend Bobby in Mr. Smith's class that he wants to assist the code, you can see who's joining the group, and you can, and it'll notify you of that, and you can boot Bobby out that you don't belong in this group. So you can manage all of that. And again, that keeps your groups just the way you want. You can make them, you can make groups within that. So then once I made my classes, then when I made my book clubs, those were strictly the kids in that book club. So, you know, if one group is reading Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry, somebody else isn't seeing all of their questions about it and having the plot spoiled for them. They know a group reading that. They're motivated. They'd like to know about that, but they can't. What that group is posting about. You can create subgroups in there as well. And yeah, it does it by code, and you just you just distribute those. So, you do need a way, you, you, you do want to have a way of having your students have some email access. And that was one reason why Edmodo appealed to me. As I mentioned, there were technology developments, and one of them was that we were rolling out district wide email for every student, three, four, five, oh. all the way up. So, all of my kids, I could guarantee, had email. Could they get it at home? Maybe not, but they could definitely be on email in the school when we had computer time.
0: So that in that way, that every student had their own account.
1: Yeah every every student had their own, have their own email account. It's a g it's a thing through it's a program through Google, so they get a they get their own Google Drive, their own
0: uh, Gmail account. Right, the uh, Google Enterprise.
1: Yes, I think that's it.
0: Yes. Yeah. and then so they. Um But then with Edmodo, did did you create an individual account for each student with their email address, or is there a a different way of doing that?
1: Um, That's what I did was I went through that, and yes, each student creates their own account. So they have their own profile page, and they love to change their picture and put up their own, choose their quotes for their page and all this kind of stuff like that. They they really get into that um, sort of social media creation um, which they're dying to do. I mean, I teach 10 and 11-year-olds, and most of them are on the outside looking in on social media. A few of them are into Facebook. though so they. I know they. I asked them, how many birthdays have you had this year? Because I don't think you're supposed to be on Facebook. But um, they've seen it. They know what it is, obviously. And um, so this is to them like they're being let out to play, and they're really excited about creating their sort of image out there. They're taking pictures of themselves. They're putting things up. They're posting videos of ideas that they have. Uh, we had, I, had, I, you know, I would post problems for kids to solve, and they would, they would, they would post their videos off of how they solve those problems. It was really sort of an exciting development of having kids, teaching kids, different ways of looking at math problems.
0: This is a nice, safe way for them to learn how to make decisions about what should be posted in social media and what shouldn't. With somebody um,
1: who's not their parent, somebody who's definitely observing it, and that a very small, limited group of people that are seeing it, unlike where if you're posting this out into the world of Twitter or whatever, there, you know, there's, no, there's, there's no control about it. not only who's watching, but where it's going. So, yes, that part of it is, is a definite thing that is a huge teaching tool for kids' lifelong access to technology and their role as a user of technology.
0: And then, like you said, you're, you're using it to post student videos. So as far as a form of expression, it wouldn't just be that um, students would type into Edmodo. I think that's one feature, right? You can, people can comment using text. Oh, yeah. But they're, they're creating, uh, they can create videos and post them up there, right?
1: Yeah, that was an exciting development. That was really one of the key pieces that I definitely want to roll out sooner as I become more adept with this is, using it for that, and particularly in the area of mathematics, um, where I've now given them a problem, something a little longer term than homework, because there needs to be some time for it to percolate, and and it also needs to be something where there's more different ways of looking at the problem. Students approach that, and then they could put these videos up, and then they're getting these multiple different aspects of, oh, that's how Mateo looked at it, but this is how Emma looked at it, and this is how Jane looked at it. So. They get that. And again, it's that opportunity of, like you're saying, practicing what they're going to be putting out there as a person using social media, but also the appropriateness of that and the reactions that come back. Like you're saying, the comments, that's important, too. You know, hey, good job. That's, That's neat. Or I like the way you did that and being a positive person in cyberspace as well as being in a classroom.
0: Right, they're they're practicing good digital citizenship, but also with the videos they could watch the watch it over and over again mm-hmm. to get the content. So if they miss something and they didn't even maybe knew they missed something, they could watch it over and over again. Uh, it just seems like a really well-rounded tool that you could use um, to, to, to as almost as a classroom management for all your content. Well, as you're, you want to support kids, and that's the thing that technology, in my
1: view, at once you get past a certain level. You really want to use it to support kids in their learning. So, like, when you're talking about being able to rewatch a video, that is a key thing, uh, whether it's me or whether it's something that I'm offering them there, which I can, again, I can house all of this right there. Um, I can, you know, I can put up my own videos. I can create a whole library of videos or, uh, content that I want them to be able to access documents if it's things that they need to see later on. You know, if it's a table of data that they need to see to be able to do something, if it's directions about how to do something, it's an exemplar of how something should be done. I can house all of that there in one site, and yet yeah, it's a social site, so there's also the aspect of them interacting with it, as opposed to sort of the old teacher website, which kind of a flat surface, which you're just looking at stuff, you're not really interacting with at all.
0: Yeah, this is way more dynamic. Let me ask you, do you have any fun stories uh, of students using this tool? I
1: don't I don't really know about a fun story. But it's a lot of really just kind of grinding it out with like, hey, you know, what's the math page supposed to be and somebody coming to somebody's rescue? There's a lot of that. I mean, I really loved um, making badges. One of the things that, that was really cool at the beginning and got kids really into it, in addition to just the, the interest of the program in itself and how it works, is there are these badges that you can give out and there are an rewards that you basically give to students for doing good things on your on your Edmodo, whether it's stuff that they make up, which is like, you know, giving help to a student, you know, giving help answering a question, or you can create your own badges, um, which I, like, really got into doing. Like, one example of something was we were coming up to a new unit in Reading, and I wanted to get them thinking about that, so I posted the beginning of The Lion King. You know, the beginning of The Lion King, for those of you out there who have not seen it in a while, starts The Lion King actually, after the whole song, The Circle of Life, after that. The beginning after that, after the titles, is Scar. He grabs the mouse and he talks to the mouse and the mouse escapes. And that's the, the, and he gives the whole speech about, you know, life is not fair and you'll never see light of day. And so the whole question was, okay, What's our next focus when we're reading books? We had done we had done setting, we had done um, plot. What was going to be next? And so I just threw it out there with this video. Well, the kids loved watching the video, and they were just so excited to post their ideas. And they had such great ideas about what it was going to be about. You know, what was it going to be about? The problem in the book, what was it going to be about? What was it going to be? And it was so exciting to see their different their different ideas. And that was just one sort of fun thing that really got them going and again being able to give out badges to kids giving out the lion king badges to people who gave really good ideas i was able to create this little badge with simba's face on it and give out these lion king badges and hopefully this thing won't sue me but um that was a really fun thing that got them really going they really liked getting into they really got into the badges they were all about who has you know four badges and who has five badges and oh i haven't gotten that badge yet so they were excited about
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I like the whole concept of badges, not just for students, but um, for educators. It's like a professional development thing. Like, I'm a listener of the AT Tips cast. I got the AT Tips cast badge. Oh, gee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like (laughs) a little (laughs) little pin button,
1: right? That's a really cool thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I got to work on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. pin (laughs) button. I know. That's right. That would be good.
0: Um, So now you've been using it for the bulk of the school year, right? Is that correct? yeah we we
1: rolled it I rolled it out probably in October again it was after you, you got i I don't know it, it would be interesting to see I would have to talk to other users about it about using it in the first weeks of school when you're really just forming your classroom community to then open it up uh, so soon to that that sort of cyber community but um I can I can definitely I'm definitely see myself rolling out it again uh, that long but yes I've been at it since the beginning of the year.
0: And so do you have any advice for, for new people just getting started with Edmodo? If they wanted to experiment with it? What what kind of advice would you give them?
1: Well the first thing I would say that I felt was successful for me was that I had I had one specific use that I really was targeted to get to. That um I wanted to get to the book club thing. That's what I wanted to do. If nothing else, if I did nothing else, I wanted to get to that. Along the way, the second thing I would say is set up an idea for yourself of how you're gonna translate what goes on in your classroom, which hopefully is very successful and you like how your classroom runs, how are you going to make that happen when the kids are all in different places and they can't see each other, and but yet they're interacting online? And that's all about, you know, being being polite and being positive and all that kind of stuff, even though people are not present and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. those parameters and knowing how you're going to communicate that, um, just as you would do in any lesson, being very sure about that and how you're going to roll that out with your class. Uh, I found that you know, it was successful having the first rollouts and the first use of Edmodo be in class, in school, everybody on the computers, but we're all in the same room together. So it was still that sense of I'm not, you know I'm, I'm not going to say something because I'm really in my classroom. And then it just sort of you just sort of set the habit of mind for when you were home. Those are two key things. The third thing I would say is find do it with somebody. I can't imagine doing it on your own. I mean, I was lucky that, that John Herzog had already gone out and done that, and so I was able to sort of piggyback ideas off of him in person. So, whether you have somebody that you're that you're already friends with online, that you do things online with, your through Pinterest or whatever your whatever your online uh, connections are, if you were going to try this out, it'd be cool to have that to have ideas to bounce off and be like, hey, try this. Check out this app because they have a whole menu of apps you can. Add to your to your Edmodo, but you might never know because there's a lot to do and you can't
0: get to everything. So you have to make some choices about what you should use and what you shouldn't. So it's good to get some advice about what other people are have found useful. It sure helps, you know, because it just just saves time. Awesome. All right. Well, any final thoughts about Edmodo? Because it sounds like a great tool. Well, it really
1: is, and I'm excited about it, and it's getting better all the time. I mean, they've added. You know, they're adding new apps all the time and new opportunities for you to make it, you know, fit in with things that you're trying to work on. I mean, everybody's trying to nail down the common core. Everybody's trying to ramp up their, uh, their kids reading and they're reading for nonfiction and they're adding those things all the time. So it's really going to be a useful tool for, again, getting that going and building that home to school communication with your students.
0: Sounds great. All right. Thanks for being here, Mike. Thanks for participating in the AT Tips cast.
1: Hey, you're welcome. And it's a great podcast and keep it going.
0: I'd like to thank Michael Millman for coming on to the show and sharing how he implements Edmodo into his classroom. Whether you're hearing this now as it posts at the end of the school year or sometime in the future at the beginning of the school year or any time at all during the middle of the school year, I hope you consider investigating Edmodo, connecting with like educators, and implementing it or even something like it in your classroom. Before I sign off, I want to remind you that Beth Poss and I will be presenting at the Texas Assistive Technology Network Conference on June 11th we're going to be talking about different strategies for spreading the practice of universal design for learning across your institution. If you're going to be in Houston on June 11th, we'd love if you came by and spent the day with us. I'll have links to everything over at attipscast.com. Until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive, may all your strategies be supportive, and may all your social media experiences make you feel more connected with others.